Hi, my name is Stephen Luna. I'm the lead pastor of MWC Church. We're so glad you chose to join us for this podcast. My prayer is that it would be a blessing in helping you grow closer to Jesus and help you grow in your faith. Enjoy this week's sermon. So last week we started a series called The Think Tank. So our definition of the think tank is going to be here on the screen. This is what the think tank means. This is what we are looking for over the course of this series. It's the filling our think tank equals the mindsets and behaviors which lead to a significant increase in thankfulness. So the think tank is our way of changing our mindsets and behaviors that we can significantly increase thankfulness in our lives. And so last week, we started with the behavior of praise, how we point our praise to Jesus, how we give him all of the praise in our life, and that increases our thankfulness. It increases thankfulness to fill our thank tank. And so you probably can guess, it's probably in your mind right now, what possibly might be another behavior that we are looking for to increase our thankfulness. So I bet you're thinking it. It's this word, restraint. That's what you were thinking, right? No? Restraint. Restraint is our next word that we're looking at that's going to increase thankfulness. And I I believe that by the end of the message, you will be able to say restraint equals thankfulness. And it's going to take us through the message to get us there, but you are going to find out what in the world restraint has to do with thankfulness. God has given us a tool to maintain our think tank. And it's restraint. And what is restraint? Restraint is the ability to, in areas of our life, to hold back, to restrain ourselves, or to say no so that we can say yes to thankfulness. We're able to restrain ourselves. We're able to say no. Now, I consider myself to be somebody who is fairly good at saying no. You yourself or people you know I'm sure you know many people are like, oh, I just can't say no. I just can't say no to them. I'm sorry, I can. Sometimes I'm just, I'm, I, know, I know what my limits are. I know boundaries most of the time. I know I'm really good with trying to figure out my time and my schedule. And so usually I understand the concept of being able to say no to a situation, circumstance, whatever's happening. I'm not one of those people that is just always saying, can't, I can't say no, can't say no. I always got to say yes to everybody. Sometimes that's not that great, but that's where I'm at. There's one area, though, that I'm that person. I'm like, oh, I just can't say no. I just can't say no. And it's with food, okay? Is anybody else there with me? I mean, I will tell you, this Thanksgiving, I will come back and say, I couldn't help it. I couldn't say no. Because when it comes to food, I can't say, to, oh, yeah, yeah, that. The small plate, sure, that'll do it for me, no. Um, and and I, can't, I can't help, and, and uh, Lisa always gets upset with me for this, but um, I, I think through things a lot, and I think steps ahead, and I just can't get over the fact that although it's more money, the distance between a small and a large, as far as the money goes, is so small that I'm like, why wouldn't I get the large, right? I mean, it's like 20 cents more. Why not? It's worth it. It's the volume I get, the ounces I get, and that milkshake are way worth that 25 cents, that 40 cents for that much more. And so I have a hard time restraining myself, saying no to food. So we're going to discover today how this tool of restraint is going to help us maintain our think tank. There's many things that I believe are going to help us maintain 
the increase in thankfulness in our think tank, and one of that is restraint. And, and so I want to bring our lifeline to us right at the beginning here, that statement that is going to be the, the key theme for the message. And as we're talking about thankfulness in the think tank, the lifeline is thank God for restraint. I hope that you're going to leave today saying thank God for restraint, that you've allowed me the ability with your help, Holy Spirit, to be able to restrain myself. Restraint releases us to say no to ungratefulness and say yes to thankfulness. That, that's what it's going to do. Restraint is going to release us to say no to the things that cause us to be ungrateful and to say yes to the things that increase our thankfulness for our think tank. We're going to be in the book of Joshua chapter 7, and we're going to start reading just one verse and it's Joshua chapter 7, verses 1, and you can turn there if you've got it. It's also going to be on the screen for our reading. Here's what the Bible says, 7 verse 1. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. They violated it. A man named Achan, and as we'll see at the end of this verse, no relation to Clay, Achan, has stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was a son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. Let's just pause and take a moment to pray and ask the Lord just to speak to us. God, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would just move, that you would change and cultivate something new and fresh, or you would remind us something of that maybe we've forgotten about or we've gotten out of a habit of doing, that you would instill in us put back in our minds and our hearts this behavior of restraint in our life to say yes to thankfulness to increase our thank tank. In your name, Jesus, amen. So, so we've got, the, what you're, you might be thinking, what in the world is going on with this guy named Achan? It looks pretty grim. It looks pretty rough here, starting off right here in this verse telling us that they disobeyed God, that they, didn't, that they took the parts that God said to dedicate for him and this guy named Macon did something really bad. So let me just backtrack a little bit and tell you what we're doing leading up to this verse. And I'm going to start with this verse and go back in history, backwards, take a little bit different approach. And so here's, here's the people of Israel. They've disobeyed God, specifically this guy named Achan has took some of the dedicated things, the things that were supposed to be set apart from God, and took them, he stole them. Wasn't supposed to do that. Well, what, what's happening right before this? Well, right before this, the Israelites defeat the, the city of Jericho. They take over the city of Jericho, right? Jo Joshua defeated the city of Jericho. Anybody remember that song? Thought about seeing him maybe doing a Jericho march, but I decided against that, save time. So, yeah, so they, they defeated Jericho, and what happened was for seven days, God said, Joshua, I want you to lead the Israelites around the city for the first six days. Go around one time. Don't say anything. On the seventh day, go around seven times, and on the seventh time, I'm going to tell you to shout, and when you shout, the walls are going to come down. This was a strong, fortified city, and so that's what happened. They did exactly what God said, and the walls came down, and so they defeated the, the city of Jericho. They took it over. Well, what happened right before that? Right before that, they were walking into the promised land. Jericho was the first stop into the promised land that God said, I'm going to give you this land. And so they quite literally stepped into the promised land, and just ahead of them was this city of Jericho that they were going to take over. And so they had just stepped into this promised land. They took over Jericho. Well, what happened right before that? Right before that, they were outside of the promised land, and they were walking in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, why in the world were they walking in the wilderness for 40 years? Well, Unfortunately, they disobeyed God then. 
and they had God subject them to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, right before that 40 years, God delivered them from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. 400 years. And going way back even to the beginning of the Old Testament with Abraham and God saying, I'm going to give you descendants more than the stars in the sky, and I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you a land. You're going to be set apart for me. So all this time, hundreds of years, they've been waiting for this land. They've been enslaved. They've been wandering. They've passed the threshold into this land. They've taken over the first spot in their land. And here we are with Achan, who takes some of the dedicated things. Now, Achan, just in this verse alone, we can see that Achan was guilty of many unflattering traits. You can see discontentment, pride, arrogance, greed, theft, all these things in here. But what I want us to consider this morning is his issue with restraint. Achan was unable to restrain himself. He couldn't show any restraint. But as we just looked at the history of what led up to this verse, we see that Achan had many reasons to be thankful, didn't he? He had many reasons to be thankful. And I want us to flip back to Joshua chapter one and just read what the Lord is promising even right before they're going into this land, right before they need to go take over the city of Jericho. Starting in verse one, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Najib wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so right before this moment where Achan has a lack of restraint, he's in, he, the Israelite people are encouraged by the Lord giving this word to Joshua, they know they're going to be victorious. But even when we go back through the history, all the times that Achan could have been thankful, he could have been thankful for God's escape from Egypt, that they were enslaved for hundreds of years, but God delivered them from there. He could have been thankful for 40 years of provision, where the Bible says that God literally rained down food from heaven every single day. And the first day and the second day and the third day, they might have been wondering what's coming. But 40 years... 40 years of faithful provision for food. They could have been thankful for that even though they were in a wilderness. He could have been thankful that now they have crossed over into the promised land, that he got to be a part of that, that through the wandering, knowing that God is still promised that he's going to give us this land, he could have been thankful that they were finally in the land. He could have been thankful that the Lord said, I'm going to give you victory. If you obey me, follow my commands, be strong and courageous, I'm going to give you victory. And he did. He gave them victory in Jericho. 
all the plethora of reasons he could have been thankful, but yet his lack of restraint blinded him. His lack of restraint disallowed him to see the thankfulness in his life. And so what happens is right after this, they go to, go to the next place, the city of Ai, and they scout out the city of Ai, and they come back, and they're pretty confident, and the Lord has given them victory. They know the, what the word of the Lord has been to them. And so they're like, ah, Joshua, we only need to take a couple thousand guys for this one. It'd be no problem. So they go and take a couple thousand guys, but then they get chased away. They get run off. And so all of a sudden, they're like, what in the world is happening? God, what are you doing? And God reveals to Joshua, says, there, somebody is in disobedience. There's somebody who has not obeyed what, you have, what I've said for the Israelites to do. There's somebody who has taken some of the dedicated things. And then so Joshua begins to go to find out, to discover who it is that has taken these things. And so they go through and they discover that it's Achan. And in verse 16 of chapter 7, Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clans of Judah came forward, and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward, and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward, person by person, and Achan was singled out. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it is true, I have sinned against the Lord. The God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. If my math is correct, it's about $25,000 right now. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Lack of restraint in his life. Lack of restraint caused him to miss the thankfulness in his life, to miss what God was doing. We need to be able to thank God for restraint in our life and be able to walk through that. So I want to illustrate this morning what what is happening to us in our think tank. What is going on with our think tank? You see, a, a lack of restraint tends to weaken the walls of our think tank. This fish bag represents our think tank. And when you don't show restraint, you weaken the walls of your think tank. What happens when we don't show restraint? It weakens the walls. When we don't show restraint, (laughs) didn't happen this bad last night. When we don't show restraint, we weaken our walls. We weaken the walls of our think tank. And what begins to happen, as you can see, as it begins to drain our think tank, these points of lack of restraint begin to drain the think tank. So as we attempt to increase our thankfulness, it's really hard when we don't, are not utilizing the tool to maintain which one of is restraint. When we don't do that, it's really hard to increase our think tank when it continues to 
drain our think tank, when our walls are weakened by a lack of restraint in our life, right? <laughs> last, last night it went all over the place. So here's what I want to bring to us. I want to bring five areas quickly with scripture to show us how we need to have an attitude and a behavior of, of practicing self-restrainment. And I believe I created a word because the computer was giving me the little red line underneath <laughs> telling me and it didn't give me any options, so I just went with it. Practice self-restrainment so quickly. I just want to go through five areas that I believe if we can get handled, if we can get this idea that if we're able to say no, to restrain ourselves, we will be able to increase the thankfulness into our think tank. So let's get into this. The first is to restrain our thoughts. Five areas we need to restrain that we can start working on right now today. Restrain your thoughts. What does the Bible say? 2 Corinthians 10.5 we use our powerful God tools, remember the tool to maintain our think tank, God tools, smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. So can we practice a restraining of our thoughts? Restrain, say no to the thoughts as they enter. Another way, another translation puts it is that we take captive every thought. So as our, as our thoughts are running away, we grab it. Nope, I'm gonna lock you up. Can we restrain our thoughts? Can we say no to the thoughts that are not healthy, that are inappropriate, that are not well, that do not, do not honor God, that do not help us to increase thankfulness? Ungrateful thoughts, man, it's easy to go there with our thoughts. So five things that if we can begin to practice will help us increase thankfulness. Number two, restrain your words. This may seem simple, but how many know it's hard to do? Proverbs 17, 27, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. There it is. And whoever has understanding is even tempered. So how often are we realizing that I need to restrain my words? Restraint on my words, what I say, what I'm thinking, and what I say come out of my mouth. Do I have restraint there? Do I consider what I'm going to say before I say it? And I promise you, you're going to understand by the end of this, how, how does restraint in these areas equal thankfulness? The third one, restraint in your attitudes. Ephesians 4.22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted, by his deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Can you consider today how my attitude affects my thankfulness and how my ability to restrain a bad attitude and put forth a good attitude can lead to increase in thankfulness? The fourth, our restraining of our actions even small children are known by their actions, so is their conduct really pure and right. Even a small child can be known by their actions. How much more are we known by our actions? You can tell. The Bible says you, you, you know somebody by their fruit. You know somebody by how they act, what they do, what you see them produce. So are, is there a restraint in our actions? Are we saying no to actions that are not of the Lord, that are not of his word, and that don't lead to increase and thankfulness. And the fifth one, restrain your behaviors. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. If we restrain our behaviors, then we can 
become more like Jesus, we live like Jesus, we model after Jesus, and we look like Jesus if we restrain poor and bad behaviors. So how does this point to thankfulness? Well, first let's look at Achan in his life. I believe in that single verse and then the resulting behavior that Joshua called out in that one verse, we can see these five areas because what happened? Although he had every reason to be thankful, his lack of restraint started with his thoughts. What happened? They go, they march around the city, the walls fall. They go in and what does he see? Oh my goodness, you know like Aladdin, the new movie, and you go in there and you see it's like riches everywhere. Okay, so in his, in his thought, in his mind, he's thinking, wow, I want me some of this, right? I want some of this. This looks good, although he knows full well it's supposed to be dedicated to the Lord. The Lord told them that. So his thoughts lead to an attitude of defiance against God. He couldn't restrain the attitude that, that although he knew the command of God, he, pff, I, I don't care, God. I'm taking this for myself. I want this, which led to the actions and the behaviors of physically taking it, hiding it, keeping it, lying about it. And not until Joshua exposes what is happening. And so what we can see is that without restraining thoughts, words, attitudes, actions, behaviors, Achan missed the thankfulness. God had been providing and giving them everything that they needed. Sure, is more wealth and money great? Yes, but he did not need that to be thankful. He had every reason to be thankful. I want to share an illustration in my own life. Uh, There's times and, and I I oftentimes use this two-word phrase in life when something happens that I don't appreciate the way that it's going. And it could be just the second time something has happened or it could be a dozen times something has happened. And and what I do is I get upset, I get frustrated, and out of my mouth comes these two words. Every time! Oh, every time! Okay, what comes to my mind right now is my toilet. My toilet, the, the thing always comes unhooked. All right, and you go to use it, and there's no flush. And it's like a pull, pull one. It's really annoying. So constantly, all the time, like multiple times a day, it's, it's and I'm telling you, every time, every time I go to use the bathroom, every time, this toilet does not work, okay? So I'm like, every time, and I can tell you in that moment, every time, I'm not being thankful for anything. I'm not being thankful for the toilet, that I don't have an outhouse when it's getting cold or when it's really hot, that I don't have a hole that I got to go in, not thankful for the home that I have with the toilet in the home. Be thankful. It's every time, every time. So I find myself saying that and I realize that I'm not thanking God for restraint and my life restraint has left the building. And here's what I've discovered is that a life of letting loose with our thoughts, with our words, with our attitudes, actions, and behaviors can lead to an empty think tank life. It can lead to emptiness, an empty thankless life, a think tank that is empty, a life of letting loose. And I'm telling you, church, I will, I'm fine with being vulnerable with you to tell you that I struggle with these five things because I'm saying every time a lot. And I know that I've not made any headway with it because my seven-year-old son Bentley, like a week ago, said it for the first time. He was doing something with his toys and they fell apart. And he's like, every time. And I thought, oh my goodness, failed dad moment terribly, you know, they're in in my image and I don't like what I'm seeing. So got to change something. But letting loose in these ways, if we don't show restraint, it's going to result in a possibly having a empty think tank life. Another, another illustration that happened just recently with me where this really came true just like a week and a half ago, 
uh, I thought I was doing good, you see, because the, the low tire pressure indicator light came on in my car. And, and I know, I'm a, I've said this before, I think, but I know nothing about cars, nothing, okay? So I'm grateful for you that do, that can help me out from time to time. But I know what that means, all right? And it just so happens that about three years ago, my brother uh, heard me talking about, I think I had a tire issue then. And so for Christmas, I'm like, I'm unwrapping my gift for my brother, and, um, and it was an air compressor. And I was, you know, thankful, trying to be thankful. And I was like, yeah, I was talking about this, but I'm the, I'm the kind of, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I, I enjoy gifts, but I don't enjoy practical gifts so much on specific times, like birthdays and holidays. I'm like, I love this, but really for my birthday or really for Christmas, mom, socks and underwear, like, like, just don't give me something. I'll get that later. But I'm unwrapping and I get it. And I'm, I tell you, I text him all the time. I'm like, bro, brother, thank you so much. I'm using the air compressor again. I use it all the time for three years now. I've used it all the time. And so I'm filling up the air in my tank, right? And, and I go like two or three weeks uh, putting more air in the tire. So at this point, with my lack of, of audio, uh, auto knowledge, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, there's probably more going on than just the weather affecting my tire. It's probably about time I got to bring it in. And I didn't want to bother people like Josh Burbank with a flat, low tire. So I'm like, I'm not going to bother him uh, with that or, or Bob Crop or anybody. I'm just going to go take it to the place because I'm not going to waste anybody's time on a low, low tire pressure. So I bring it in and don't know anything about cars. They're like, well, unfortunately, uh, there's some metal on here and it can't come off and that's messed up the tire. So we actually can't fix the tire. And so I'm, you know, normally I don't take the auto mechanic at his word unless I know him, but it's at Christian Brothers and I've talked to the owner, Bob, and I found out that it's actually a Christian company. It's not a guy named Christian or two brothers named Christian or anything. So... So I'm like, all right, I'm going to believe these guys. And so I have to replace the tire. And throughout this whole time, I feel like I'm doing pretty good with restraints. Normally, I'd probably be getting upset, but I haven't really been getting that upset. And so I'm understanding, okay, I got to replace the tire. It ended up being like 50 more dollars than I thought it would be. And so I'm still doing pretty good. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, being thankful that I got the tire, being thankful I can replace it. And so I felt like I was doing really good restraining myself. I didn't even, I didn't even know at this time I was going to be speaking this message. And so, and so everything's good. And then a week later happened. And this was on Sunday and we were loading the kids up in the car, Lisa and I, and then my father-in-law Larry was with us and we're pulling out of my driveway to go somewhere. And Larry's like, Hey, you know, you got a flat tire. And we were going like two miles an hour, but you know, I hit the brakes. I'm like, what? And I look over and it's not the tire I replaced, it's the opposite side of the vehicle that's now flat. And it's Sunday and we're going somewhere, we're go we need to go there and it's Sunday, no place is open. So for me, that like gets me even more upset because I can't do anything about it then, I just wanna fix it then. And so I had my moments like every time, this time, you know. And, and so, but I pulled myself together. So I think, I don't, Lisa probably tell you I didn't really, but I thought I did. And so we go do our stuff. We go through, and then I come home. And so, and then I start talking about it. So to give you a glimpse into my mind and how I operate, I'm thinking steps ahead. I'm thinking every, every possible scenario. Some of them are worst case. Some of them are just, this could happen. And so what I did is I made the mistake of audibly starting to tell my wife, Lisa, about what was going on in my mind, about all these different scenarios, about what might happen tomorrow with my tire. So I'm trying to prepare myself 
by thinking ahead and looking at all the things. And so when I got to the one that was, well, if my air compressor doesn't work and I can't push it over there, I'm going to have to call a tow truck. And when I got to that one, she just like had it with me and she doesn't, she's, she's the one that's usually thankful and being grateful and trying to get me to not look at all these scenarios, the possible outcomes and not all the bad outcomes. And so she wasn't too happy with all that I was saying. And all, all my restraint was going out the window because I'm not thinking about what to be grateful and thankful for. And so sure enough, I get to the next day and my air compressor from my brother, the Christmas gift works. I didn't really, I was like, there's no way this tire's flat. There's no way this little air compressor is gonna fill it up, but it did. Got over to Christian Brothers half a mile away. I'm praying 15 miles an hour. Jesus, keep the air, keep the air, keep the air. Jesus, take the tire, take the wheel, whatever. And keep it there. We got it there. They were able to fix it. It was a nail. Wasn't a big deal. Got to keep the tire. $25. All right. So, but what I realized from, from going through this and realizing this is that my restraint was gone and there was no room for thankfulness. Nothing. I was not thinking about, Lord, thank you for my vehicle. Thank you that I have two vehicles. Lord, thank you that I have a spare tire I could put on. Thank you that I can get it to the auto mechanic, that I have the money to replace the tire, that they have a tire, that they can fix the tire, right? That I could walk places if I needed to, that I have a bike. I'm not, nothing. Thankfulness is gone. Why? Because lack of restraint is gone. Because I am not restraining my thoughts, my words, my attitudes, actions, and behaviors. This means something. This is real. This is why restraint equals thankfulness. This is why I can thank God for restraint. That if I am able to hold myself back in these areas, that I can continue to increase thankfulness in my think tank, knowing that the walls of my think tank are sturdy, that they're not being penetrated by a lack of restraint that there's not weakness in my walls, that there's not leaking in my walls because I have a thankful life because I'm increasing in that and I have restraint, right? Because I myself was thinking, how, how is this gonna work? How does restraint equal thankfulness? But it really works. And I hope in this moment you can think of times in your life, maybe even this morning, where a lack of restraint in these areas totally destroyed thankfulness, totally took away even the idea of thankfulness in your life. So I, I wanna encourage you to work on these five things and I wanna encourage you to do something else that may seem peculiar. But this is the idea to visit your think tank every day. As I was studying this, I was reminded of my dad who for, for more than a decade growing up had this 80 gallon saltwater fish tank. And I hadn't remembered it until I was preparing for this, even though we started the series last week and we've been talking about it. My dad had this 80-gallon saltwater fish tank. He had all these really cool fish. Now, I'm not, I've admitted before I'm not an animal guy, but they were cool fish. They were really cool. He had an eel. He had all these crazy things. But my dad had to baby this fish tank. He had to, he had to watch over. He had to go to it every day, multiple times a day, keep it from getting clouded, feed it, all that kind of stuff, you know. But it reminded me that we can visit our think tank every day, that we can look at it and say, how's it going? How's my think tank going? And today, it's this idea that am I using one of the tools that God has given me to maintain my think tank, restraint? Ooh, how did I do today? Good or bad? Did I restrain or not? Can I visit that think tank? Am I increasing in thankfulness? Am I increasing in that? You might be able to say, you might be able to tell me, man, 
I hear, I hear you, but I've got a legitimate amount of reasons to let go of restraint and thankfulness. In fact, if I roll it out now, it's going to go and hit the back wall of all the reasons why there, I can just let go of restraint. There's not no thankfulness in my life. If there was thankfulness, then why do I got a thousand things on this list in my life? If you've got one thing or if you've got a thousand things, it doesn't matter because what you need to know is the one reason you can have for thankfulness, and many of you know where I'm going, is Jesus. Jesus is always going to be the one reason that no matter what is happening, no matter what, I can show restraint because I'm thankful because Jesus gave his life for me. Jesus died for me. Jesus has given me everything. Just like the Israelites, if I had several hundred years of life, I can look back in history and my family's history and the history that connects me to God, that I have every reason to be thankful in my life. So can we just, let's close our eyes for a moment. I want to ask us two things, two people in this room. You're going to be one of the two. The first one is anybody in here saying, wow, this is a, this is a really cool perspective, something I've never heard, but I don't really fully know about Jesus, who he is. Let me tell you that Jesus died for you on the cross. He rose again. He died for your sins. He wants to love you. He wants you to live for him. He wants to be a part of your life. And I'm telling you, there's no way to have increase in thankfulness in your life if you don't have Jesus. It's constantly going to be having holes and draining no matter what you do. So the first thing you got to do is say, man, I need Jesus in my life. All you got to do is accept him into your life. It's a gift that he gives you. It says, just ask me into your life. Tell me that you love me. Ask me to forgive your sins. Confess before me. So if you're here today and you say, I've never asked Jesus into my life, but I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to increase my thankfulness. I want to know Jesus. I want to have him part of my everyday. Would you just, as an expression of what's going on inside your heart, raise your hand. Say, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to ask Jesus into my life. So what we're going to do is we're simply going to pray. An individual has raised their hand. And church, I'm just going to ask you to pray this with me as a reminder of what God has done in your life. And, and that person that you rose your hand, you're just going to repeat after me to ask Jesus into your life. Let's say this together. Jesus, forgive me for sinning against you. Forgive me for disobeying you. Come into my life. Make me whole. Make me a new creation. Help me to live for you. I give my life to you. Amen. So you've simply asked Jesus into your life. That's incredible. Can we, can we applaud the person who made the best decision of their life? The best decision in your life. And so for all the rest of us, it's simply a response. What will we do? How will we respond to this behavior of restraint? How are we going to say, thank God for restraint. Lord, I'm going to restrain my thoughts words, attitudes, actions, and behaviors so that I can increase thankfulness in my life. How will we respond to that? How can we do that? How can we visit our think tank every day? So if we can just take a few minutes as Bethany leads in worship and we can say, Lord, I want to restrain. I want to be, have restraint in my life. I want to increase my thankfulness by utilizing the tool to maintain my think tank. And spend time with the Lord. Let's be real. Let's let God work on our heart. Let's do more than just hear it. Let's act on it. 
Let's say, Lord, show me how I can do this. Show me how today I can have lack of restraint, or have restraint, not lack of. Lord, how can you help me? How can you remind me, Holy Spirit? Pray things like, Holy Spirit, remind me in those moments to have restraint. So if you'll stand with me and we can just worship, you can have a minute or two with the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me. Show me how to have restraint in my life. Thank you, God, for restraint in our life. Lord, help us to truly in our hearts say, Lord, I want restraint. I want restraint because restraint leads to an increase in thankfulness in my thank tank. God, I want to be thankful, Lord. I want to not be hindered by these five areas. I want not to be hindered by myself from the the thankfulness that you deserve, the praise that you deserve, God. Help us to visit our think tank every day. Maintain it. Use the tools you've given us to keep it healthy. Keep our lives healthy to maintain and increase thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, for right now, for this moment. In your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. I hope God has blessed you and done something, changed your life today. Yeah, we can give God praise and glory for what he's done today in our lives. If you are new and you fill out a connect card, go ahead and meet us in the fireside chat. We'd love to talk with you. I encourage you to say hi to somebody, to greet somebody before you leave, and maybe find somebody to help maintain your think tank with you, to help keep you accountable. Thanks for being here. We'll see you Wednesday for prayer and next weekend for service. And that wraps up today's message, but we've got more on the way, so be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a future podcast. You belong here, so we encourage you to get connected. You can find us on social media or online at mwcwichita.com. That's mwcwichita.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.